Welcome back to another episode of Cautiously Optimistic, episode 56 to be exact. And you know, it is March Madness, it is upon us. We are days away from the tournament, but before we get to that, our full preview, there is just some breaking contract news. I know Huge if news you today. woke up today, it is Tuesday morning, you popped open that phone and you checked Twitter, any social media platform, you saw the Boom. biggest contract in a while. Well, that is Bob. right. That is right. Travis Ware. Yeah. Ten days to the Lakers. Wow. A second now. ten day contract. Woo! Wow. You know Can that you shooting is just it? really paying off. Can like, you believe wow. it? Coming what? in late in the game, knocking out a couple threes, making some good passes, pays off. Congrats to Ware. Congrats to Ware. I love the way he's been playing out here, shooting his shot when he's in the game, playing some yeah. solid defense, mm-hmm. making some defensive plays, and he earns a second 10-day. I'm very happy for him. I feel like that's probably what he yeah. did by playing some solid defense and making some good defensive yeah. plays. Yeah. I don't think you needed to say both yeah. of those, but, you know, here we are. That's what, yeah. that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. He's doubling down on it. Hey, but, you know, I'm, else sit- I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at you two guys, Sully and Jesse, mm-hmm. and there's something, there's some big, bigger news that just happened this morning as well. Mm-hmm. well I don't know about bigger. Yeah. I don't know about bigger than Travis Ware signing a second 10-day, but yeah, it was pretty big. But pretty big. But Jesse, Jesse's quarterback is now Sully's quarterback. Ah, yeah. How the tides have turned. <laughs> Kirk Cousins to the Vikings. You like that? You like that? Now discuss. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, I guess guaranteed. It's not done yet. Not finalized. It's gonna be, be fully guaranteed. Yeah, it's gonna be fully guaranteed. I didn't mean guaranteed as in like we've signed. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. money yeah. is guaranteed though. And that is something that Jesse and I had disagreed on last week. His friend Chris Cooley, Good, a close, close personal, personal friend. friend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he told him all the money's gonna be guaranteed, and so I didn't necessarily disagree with that after reading some of the Vikings reports. But in the end, this is what the Vikings had to do, and so I think right now it's looking again just an agree on the numbers here: 84, 86 million, depending on who you follow on Twitter. Yeah, but whatever in that range, all guaranteed for the Vikings. I had to do it. I mean, this yeah, is what it is. especially, especially if Keenum left. Yeah, Case going to Denver, that was the only option. I feel bad for Teddy because Teddy's now manned of a jet. Mm, which is a tough that, you know, that career trajectory just took a, a tough turn yeah. and I still love Teddy I feel like that's not really a fair situation for him but that's I think Kirk with the numbers and you know everything like that it's, no, it's I think hard to I, argue it's tough because Kirk Kirk really and we talked about this too is Kirk really makes the Vikings a viable threat to go and win a Super Bowl he does because they have their and I'm not like I've said before that Kirk Cousins is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback at least with the Redskins, just because yeah. they don't have the defense that the Vikings do. Exactly. With that defense and Kirk Cousins' arm and the threats that they have yeah. at wideout, the the Vikings yeah. to me, it's I think it's spread like like their fifth best odds to win the Super Bowl now. I think go. it's kind of insane. It should go up. Yeah, and I think on top of that too, you know, having uh, Thielen and Cooks trending the right way, as well as Cook coming back. Sorry, yeah, Dalvin away. Cook coming back. Um, it could be in a very, very elite offense, you know, generational type offense. But again, we were kind of getting our head ourselves there. You know, still got to go through all the training camp, still got to make everything kind of click and work. Because that was the biggest thing for Case, and that's been my biggest argument for why Kirk may not go as well, is because everyone loved Case so much in Minnesota that the locker room was so totally behind him. Uh, but at the same time, talking to my friend Nick Martinez, he said that, uh, you know, I'm going to quote him on this, winning fixes everything. And essentially that's what's going to happen, I think. If Kirk yeah. comes in, he wins right away. Pretty much all the issues are solved, and we can roll from there and see how it goes. Um, highest paid quarterback in the league now. I mean, I feel like... In, uh, we knew that was going to be... Yeah, and it's also that. like one of those things where every quarterback signed going forward basically is now the yeah, highest yeah. paid quarterback, especially. One thing about this guaranteed contract, though, not to, you know, can oh, football too much long. It could change a lot It could change the landscape of how quarterbacks work, because now you have... Luckily, Bree signed his just before, so it's not going to affect his contract, but, you know, 
other big name quarterbacks coming up, how are they not going to ask for all this guaranteed money if Kirk is going to get that for three years? You know, it just would be like the first thing on the bargain. Yeah, and other players are already kind of reaching out. Just last thing here, like Doug, Doug Baldwin tweeted that Kirk Cousins is a hero to other oh, young yeah. players that will follow him after him for this guaranteed contract. So. Hey, you know, it's different allegiances now. I don't know how the season will go between you guys. Yeah, but, uh, it, it will be It'll be interesting. You know, I don't think there's any, you know, love lost over Kirk Cousins. No, I, I've never where, yeah. not liked Kirk. Like, I, yeah. I, I've always appreciated Kirk. I think, you know, it was to a point with the organization where it's just like, it was unfixable. And, yeah. like, at this point, I knew he was gone. I also said, I mean, we should have signed him for 22 a year, not even fully guaranteed, right, three years ago, and we'd still have him. Much different. But, um, well, moving on, maybe the, uh, you know, tides will be different in the NCAA tournament. Maybe your picks will make you feel a little better. I know that maybe mine will, but well, I, know see, mine I, will. Think, I think one thing that we got to discuss before we get into the bracket and all the teams that will be playing yep. is the one team that you like to talk about that won't be playing. That is the USC Trojans. And I'll just preface this for you. Highest RPI ever for a team to never make That's the tournament. That's what I'm saying. This is and the biggest It's no. a joke. It's a joke. You know, it, and it's so clear that the NCAA is on the high and mighty for the violations trip. Not even trying to hide them. I'll let you discuss this because you obviously are an expert here. This is the biggest snub in, since this field expanded to 64 and it may be ever. Probably, I was like you ever, said, yeah. highest RPI to not make the tournament. I don't, I don't know of a time where there was, in a Power 5 conference, a team who finished second in the regular season and then a team who finished second also in the conference tournament the same year didn't make the tournament. Um, and then like you also just hinted at, you look at all the bubble teams, the teams that didn't get in, what do they have in common? Mm-hmm. Listed in the FBI investigation. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously Arizona's going to get in despite being maybe the biggest team name. But you can't so good. You can't, you know, conference winner that would literally be like sanctions already coming down for the season. You know, was over yeah. or whatever it may be. But those other three teams is so clear: Louisville, Oklahoma State, who beat Kansas twice, correct, and was and uh, beat Oklahoma. Yeah, which is just and Oklahoma in the conference tournament. You know, it's, it's Oklahoma's it's just, in, and and I'm not upset at Oklahoma getting in. I get it. Yeah. Like they're they're a good team. I have them winning their first round matchup as well. Like Same. they're they're a good team. Trey is obviously no matter what kind of struggles he had, yeah. He's a he's a great player. Um now I if I yeah. I'm mad they got in over us. Absolutely. They didn't deserve it over us. But. Yeah, and that's a weird situation, too, because you could almost argue the dynamic that the NCAA is not going to keep out their potential player of the year from the NCAA tournament, you know? And I, I guess, you know, I'd be like, okay, that kind of makes sense, you know? But then just the way they handle things, it's so kind of confusing and back and forth and uh, inconsistent and, that there's no way to really be on their side for any of this. And, and what the chair, the committee chair said, he, he said, Jesse, I want you to respond to him. He says, Southern Cal had a nice year. When you look at their resume, they only had two wins against teams in the tournament field. And yeah, so they were 0-5 against the three Pac-12 teams that are in the tournament, Arizona, Arizona State, and UCLA. However, I agree, those teams are good teams. You know, like Arizona is a contender for the national championship. They were leading at halftime in that game in the Pac-12 tournament championship. And so I'm with you, Jesse. I think this is a complete snub. I don't know why like UCLA was able to have a chance to get into this over UCLA. I mean, Arizona, Arizona had a really, they had one bad little stretch in the like beginning middle of the year, and then they finished really strong. And they have Alonzo Trier back, and DeAndre Aiden still playing, and Sean Miller's coaching. Like all this stuff is happening for them, of course. Like they, they're a very good team. And if we were to see them in the tournament, we'd lose to them again. Like I'm, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I, I don't. I'm not trying to say we would beat them, but we deserve to be in the tournament over Arizona State, who finished terribly, and then. Like and over UCLA, I know we didn't. We, we lost UCLA twice. I get that, but they didn't have the season that we had. They're third 
in the Pac-12. We're second. Arizona State is ninth in the Pac-12 and lost their first round matchup in the Pac-12 tournament. Like, that's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's, yeah. I mean, there's no explanation to it because it's wrong, and it's just, you know, uh, that's all we can really say. You know, we talk about this all day. It's not going to change. Just another chapter for the NCAA to deal with. Yeah, the NCAA gets the one seed in the They've NIT. always hated us. That, yeah, NIT starts tonight, yeah. Yeah, congrats. USC Asheville, posting USC Asheville. Yeah. Honestly, don't be surprised if we lose. I, you know, nobody cares. Like, yeah, nobody I mean, wants why, to play. Who would want is, to play? Is, is Chemezi Metu going to even play? They're talking about he might not play. I wouldn't play if I were him. That's ridiculous. I mean, and and Andy Anfield's completely on board with that. He's like, you know, yeah. like this, whatever. Yeah, he said they they only accepted the bid to the NIT under the under the um, condition that their players had the option of not playing the game. So they yeah. might not play. And I think that I would, if I had a chance of a pro career right now, and I was on USC, I wouldn't be playing this game. So. Um, and like well, they're, everybody's headspace is out of it. Like in UNC Asheville, it's not a bad. Like we beat them yeah. in a regular season game, but they're just they're not gonna. They're gonna be playing for something. Yeah, they're not gonna win. be playing. Yeah, the USC doesn't care. So yeah. there's a like they might lose. Okay. Well, that's a sore subject, but that's enough of that. We'll move on now uh, and talk about that entire tournament they got left off of. So you won't really think about this much, Jesse. Um, <laughs> anyway, thanks for that. Uh, so we'll get to all of our picks eventually. I think today's episode, we're going to cover the first part of the tournament because, you know, it is a long tournament. And we want to, don't want to, uh, you know, overdo it right away. But we wanted to start off with, with some headlines as we kind of started off with. So is there anything that's jumped out to you guys maybe that, that you want to talk about in the tournament? Something you're excited to see going into it? I'm excited to see where these one seeds finish, honestly. Because you have two, I mean, you have Villanova and Xavier both get the one. Kansas gets a one. I think that, I mean, they deserved it, but they're kind of a weak one as well. They're not as strong as they've been in the past. So, and this year is just so up in the air. Like, what, where, where are these teams going to, like, there could be three, four seeds in the final. Like, there's literally, it's, everything is open. So, it's going to be really fun. I think it's a really, really fun tournament ahead. Yeah, I think one thing I'm looking forward to is some of the big name players who are going to be NBA draft prospects. You have Michael Porter on uh, Missouri, you have Colin Sexton, Alabama, and you have um, Trey Trey Young on yeah. uh, Oklahoma. Those are all teams that are underdogs to start off, and so it's yeah. interesting to see if these singular players can kind of elevate their teams, pull off some upsets because they're going to have to. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a, the exact point I wanted to be on, Nick, was just those two being two nine seeds and a 10 seed. Michael Porter Jr., especially, you know, playing, what, six minutes this year going into this before the conference tournament. He well, Missouri is the eight, but either way, you know, um, I just think that's so much fun. I think that you have these guys that are stars, especially Trey Young, you know, as much as it does hurt just, I think I'm glad to see him in the tournament and be able to just, you know, he can change a game. And he did that for the first half of the season for Oklahoma when they were a top 10 team. No reason he can't do that again, although everyone does kind of have the tape on how they play. Yeah, and he can always, he, he, the thing about Trey is like, he's incredible. Yeah. But he can also shoot his team out of games. Absolutely. And so yeah. that's the other thing. It's like, what Trey Young are we going to get? Yeah. It's also like, what kind of defense are these teams going to play against these star talents? I look back, Jesse, you're familiar with this. When Kevin Durant was on Texas, they played USC. Kevin Durant was a great player. Who won that game? USC yeah, won that game. And uh, so, I mean, I'm saying like, a lot of this has to do with the schemes and the coaching. And, and Rhode Island is like, they're physical. Like they're, I mean, yeah, they have physical. We've seen Rhode Island all year. Like they're nationally ranked. Yeah. So they're not going to mess around with Trey Young. And of course, you know, I think the most fun of the tournament too a lot of times is just seeing those underdogs not only get the upsets, but having like you know maybe one or two players on their team really emerge and just have those Mm -hmm. crazy kind of runs. People remember their name. You know, I remember I can't I can't even say the name of when Northern Iowa went on that streak uh, a couple years ago. Farouk Manesh. Farouk Manesh. Ali Farouk Manesh. And it's just the so fun of that. You know, anytime a tournament can create a star for you, something you had no idea was going to be coming. I think that's the beauty of it. And it's like last year we saw South Carolina make that run to the Final Four. 
Uh, we'll get to our predictions right now, as you can hear, if we have any teams like that. But quick, just that just hit me. It, just another thing that should yeah. have been SC. I know that was another, <laughs> another, another. It's been a tough time for USC basketball for you know a while now. But if we would have beat Baylor, uh, this is just yeah. me reminiscing. We beat Baylor, we get South Carolina. We would have beat South Carolina. We're in the final okay, four for sure. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we can do our first weekend picks here. I think so. Round of 64, round of 32. Um, Where do you want to start, Nick? Uh, we can start at the top left, like as, as yeah. is. And of course, if you want to follow along, and I'm sure you've seen, we have our brackets available. Join our tournament. Join the tournament challenge on Yahoo on everything. So you know, as you're listening to this podcast, pop up to the bracket, maybe follow along, fill in your picks, anything you want to do. Yeah, link is on our Instagram uh, bio. It's on Twitter. We'll be posting on Twitter, uh, and you'll see it on our Instagram story as well. So it's everywhere. Join us. And it's a challenge, you know. Like if yeah. you are smart enough to beat me, I mean, you know, maybe you'll you'll probably beat them. Yeah. You will pro- I mean, probably. I mean, we'll pro- you'll probably beat Soul. You'll probably beat Nick, but you mm-hmm. you won't beat me. But if somehow you beat me. And you get number one, we're going to give you a nice little $15 gift card somewhere. Oh, what a yeah. treat. For wherever you would like as well. Free to play, and you get a prize out of it if you wow. win. That doesn't get much better. So It really doesn't. So let's get to it. Um, starting our official Yahoo bracket in the South region. Who's got so, UNBC? <laughs> anyone got UNBC? No. no. Virginia too strong. Had to, had to actually look up what that stood for. Uh, this is a game... Actually, University of Michigan before Christ. <laughs> so we all take Virginia there, I'm assuming. <laughs> Virginia's in. Uh... Creighton, Kansas State, 8-9. Very interesting here. I think those teams, nothing that really stands too much about either one of them. This is a nice little 8-9 matchup, but that's kind of what it's supposed to be, a grinded-out yeah. type of affair. I got Creighton. I had a cousin that went there, so I always said <laughs> That's really just the only reason. I, I Shout know, out Kyle Corver, too. And also, that's my, that was my guy growing up. I yeah. loved, my cousin was there the same time as Kyle Corver, and she's like, oh, like, you know, I was like, you know, six or seven, and she was obviously college age. She was like, yeah, that's really good guy, maybe in the NBA. I was like, oh, I like <laughs> this guy best. now. I remember yeah, sitting yeah, watching oh, yeah. Kyle Corver. Uh, a lot of good baseball players, but yeah, okay. basketball okay. player for sure. Watching Kyle Corver in the, the college basketball uh, three-point shootout, mm-hmm. I remember watching that vividly for some reason. Uh, yeah, I remember him just being on the team playing in that, in that tournament. So yeah. I had to go with Creighton. Uh, I always mess with the Blue Jays, so I'm going to keep rocking with them. All that being said, I'm taking Kansas State. Um, <laughs> like, and I'm thinking against Wildcats here. You know, that's yeah, against my that's nature. Tough. I'm almost always pro Wildcat, but it's, I think I'm just good. Like in this in this matchup, I don't know too much about Creighton. I've watched a few Kansas State games, and, and you know they're a tough team. They play in the Big Twelve. I'm going to take a Power Five conference. Like I'm going to take their conference wins and their their t- uh, strength of schedule over Creighton's. Strength of schedule is nice for Kansas State. That although they are two and seven against top twenty five. Well. Creighton has actually played more games against top 25 and they're four and six. I just like Creighton as lower seed, as more experienced team, they're older higher, team. They're higher seed. Lower seed. Lower, like lower, one. lower seed, oh. closer one, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna take Creighton in that game. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's good. Uh, next up, Kentucky Davidson. I gotta ask guys, do you know if Steph is gonna play for Davidson this year? I don't think Steph is playing this year. Okay, so that really, you know, that makes my pick Kentucky then, essentially. I'm, I'm with you there. I think that this has been a trendy 12-5. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you, there's going to be a 12-5 somewhere, most likely. Who, picking which 12 wins, I don't think it's Davidson. Yeah, it's Kentucky's hot right now. Yeah, Kentucky just won the SEC tournament. They're hot. Uh, I picked Kentucky. They're, they're well coached. So. Absolutely. Moving on, Arizona Buffalo. Anyone have Buffalo? No. No. Nope. 413, Arizona. Arizona. We all have that one. Yeah, the, at Jesse's side. Now, this one, this there. next one here, though, the 611. Miami, Loyola, Chicago has been a trendy pick of upsets here, and I'm going to continue that trend. I'm taking Loyola, Chicago over Miami here in the 6-11 matchup. Absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. A trending topic for Seoul, Loyola, Chicago. You know, I... The Ramblers, baby! The Ramblers! Hearing hearing that, you know, you guys are picking them didn't make me more confident, but I'm also going Loyola, Chicago. I, I like that team a little yeah. bit. And, and I'm they, not confident in Miami. That's It's more... It's. It, I think Loyola, Chicago's good, but I'm more... 
just less confident in Miami. You know, and on the Yahoo polls right now, 68% of people are picking Miami, which seems a little high to me, but, you know, the U, I guess, is and I was actually surprised that you guys are both picking Loyola here because of your affinity for the U. I do love the U. I, I love the U football as much That's what I'm saying. More, My affinity but... for the U really is just for football. Yeah, no dunk chain here or anything like that. And they got one of their best players is hurt, so it's like I, Miami's kind of just, like, limping into the tournament. Okay, next up, Tennessee and Wright State. Um, you know, I didn't watch a ton of Tennessee this year, and it was kind of weird to me how high they were ranked, but I still picked them. I don't think Wright State has much going for them. Tennessee had a, had a very good year. Mm-hmm. Like they, they surprised a lot of people. Um, I watched Cleveland State play Wright State in their tournament semifinal. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, and they didn't impress. Like, Wright State kind of yeah. eked out a win against yeah. Cleveland State, who was the 8th seed and was 11-22. and 22. You know, so Wright State didn't, you know, make anything right with hey. me. Yeah, I'm taking Tennessee. I do, I do. I'm taking Tennessee as well. Right State, uh, you know, 248th in the nation in offense. That's not going to get it done. That pretty much says it all right there. Uh, (laughs) Another nice pun. Another nice pun. (laughs) Nevada, Texas. Uh, You know, Shock the Smart doesn't necessarily have the program where a lot of people think it was going to be at this point, but they do have a potential lottery pick in Bamba. Yeah, Mo Bamba. Um, So... To me, that was all the reason why I picked Nevada. I just like that team. I like uh, how strong they are. They had a great year. Texas never impressed me this year. Um, you know, eight and ten conference record. Uh, it's a tough I conference. Mean, it is a tough conference, but you know, we just had all the conversation about USC finishing second and not getting in. It doesn't really strike me as a team that is going to do too much. The fact Te- that they are. Yeah, Texas did play twelve games against the top twenty-five and won five of them. However, uh, you know, I have to give love to the West Coast here on Nevada, and they also have the Mountain West Player of the Year in Caleb Martin, 19 points per game. Yeah. So I'm going to take Nevada. And they have his twin brother on the team, both NC State okay. transfers. So they're, they're a pretty formidable duo. With a, I know they have a third player that's pretty nice as well. Interesting. Texas is going to win. Uh, Shaka Smart's been in the tournament many times, and now he's got a... I mean, I think he's a more talented team than all those years at VCU. Um, I'm going to take, in this kind of matchup, I'm going to trust him um, with Texas. So this is Jesse's. That's Jesse's fourth upset pick in the South Region already. Yeah, is it? It is. Uh, it's Kansas fun. State. Kansas State. Uh, Loyola. Oh, maybe third. 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 So yeah. I can't uh, count anymore. That's Sorry, true. Counting is tough. You know, we've looked at a lot of numbers on this board here, but let's get down to the final section of the South here: Cincinnati, Georgia State. Um, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Pretty simple there. Uh, moving down. We'll go to the West region here. Started off, uh, we got a playing game between a couple teams. Texas Southern, NCC. Uh, could you guys tell me who that is? I cannot. I'm going to say North Carolina Coastal. I, I have no idea. Yeah, That's really good. <laughs> so Texas Southern, whatever. They're going to lose to Xavier either way, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. so we didn't really have to find out their name. Uh, the next one, and the most maybe most intriguing first-round match, yeah. as we discussed before this, Missouri-Florida State. And it's all because of Michael Porter. Like, what, you saw that the first-round exit in the SEC tournament. He wasn't necessarily at his best game. He's kind of rusty. Um, are we going to get the Michael Porter that we were kind of hoping for all year before the injury? Um, so it's interesting to see if we get, like, that top guy of Michael Porter, like, they're, they can really make a run at something. Florida State's good. Yeah. They got a really good offense. It's, I mean, and the, the Yahoo's numbers tell you right now it's 50-50 deadlock on the picks. And, and I think that says more than, even though it is an 8-9 game, which is hard to pick to begin with, this is just a tough one. The numbers really match up. And like you said, Jets, Michael Porter Jr., the X Factor, that's why I'm taking him, though. I think he's going to be able to step up his game. If he's supposed to be the player that everyone says he is, you know, rust is one thing. 
he's kind of had now a month now to ease back into it. I think this is a good time where he'll be able to step his game up and, you know, really make a difference in the Sensei tournament. I think they certainly can win this game strictly because of him. Yeah, Michael Porter said he was at 70% in that game against Georgia. Um, and so he's, he's had time to work, he's had time to get ready for this game. He's only been playing and practicing since that game, mm -hmm. and he's a good talent already. So um, the problem is though, he's like, all the, all the attention is going to be on him, Yeah. but I think he's ready for it. I think he wants to go out with a bang because, you know, he his whole season was injured, and so he wants to at least play some meaningful college games. Yeah. I'm going to take I'm gonna take Missouri in this game over Florida State. My thing, it, uh, right now I have Missouri, but I've been going back and forth like every other hour with this, just because Michael Porter I think is going to be fine. My main worry is how is the rest of Missouri going to play without him or play with him? Yeah. They played without him all year and they, they've surpassed expectations of what they were supposed to be without him. Mm -hmm. So can they adjust to his game and make sure that he's going to be this featured guy now and we know that. Can the rest of the team adjust? Another, another point I want to mention before you make your pick, Jesse, is Michael Porter, he, he was a consensus before he got hurt, maybe top five pick, you know, yeah. top ten pick at least. And now, you know, his stock is kind of in limbo, and he needs yeah. to prove himself here. He needs to play more than one game or more than two games. So. I, he does. I, I was going to say that I'd take the opposite back on that, Nick. I actually wanted to ask you guys about this real quickly, not to get hung up on this game. But I think Michael Porter Jr., the fact that he hasn't played, you have that mystique to yourself. You have that, you know, idea that what you did last time when you were court, and really the last time was court was high school, that's the really the image in any scout's mind right now. Is that what this guy's going to do? Because this injury isn't necessarily one that is like a career detriment. You know, it, it could be, but for the most part it's not, especially when you're that young. I just think that he doesn't need much to prove. Honestly, I was going to ask you guys, if I, if you were Michael Porter, would you even be playing? That's the thing. I, I, see, would. I, see, I see your point. Like, it's not a good idea for him to play too many games because you don't want your draft stock to go too, yeah. too far down to you. But he already played. You know, He already played against Georgia. He, he made the decision to come back. He could have just sat out the rest of the year, and that probably would have held his stock at a steady place. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I think mean, the point that he played and didn't really play that well it's kind of like, oh great, I'm I'm in it I'm in it now. I need to do something now. You know. I don't yeah, think he's gonna take one game. And, and he doesn't. That, he yeah. doesn't have to. Like if they if he doesn't play well and they lose, that's not gonna affect his draft stock. Um, look at Kyrie, right? Kyrie yeah. played nine games, still went number one overall. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Michael Porter's gonna be Kyrie. He could be. One thing is that Kyrie did play very well in the state tournament. Though, the yeah. way he did come back, you know, he did help the Duke team out. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think that like we said, you know, we just spent this much time talking about it for a first round matchup. It's gonna be a fun one to watch. So I'm excited. With what, that. what was your pick, Jess? I, I, right now it's Missouri, but I, I can't guarantee you that's what it's going to be when we start the tournament. <laughs> Alright, next up we have number 5, Ohio State against South Dakota State Jackrabbits, I believe, Yeah. who are a very good team. Um, they only play two games against ranked opponents. We're 0-2, but you know they've been a very good team throughout the year. Ohio State, 2-3 and three against top ranked teams um, out of the Big Ten. Uh, I just like Ohio State's experience. You know, they've always had a pretty good program, and this this first year coach Chris Holtman has done a good job with them. Um, good little turnaround here for them. So I'm gonna take Ohio State. You know, shout out our boy Joe, uh, Ohio State alum. Uh, it's just so tough that they have to lose in the first round. You know, <laughs> that's just so unfortunate for our good friend Joe. Um, South Dakota State has one of the best big men in the country, Mike Dom. Uh, 23 and 10 a night. Dude shoots well, 42 from three, 85% free throw shooter. My guys. Like he's nice. He's like really nice. 15, he doesn't he doesn't look it, which is kind of funny yeah, too. Fifteen double doubles in his last seventeen games. The dominator. They're they're a really good team, and then beyond that, they got guys doing sixteen and twelve a game. Like they they're a pretty pretty good team, and this is a you know that's that classic twelve five. Um, Ohio State had a really nice stretch in the middle of the year, but they haven't been as strong as of late. Um, I don't want to say they're limping into the tournament, but they're not at full strength. Like, they're not playing their best basketball right now. South Dakota State wins. 
Yeah, I think, you know, uh, you got a lot of good points there, Jess. Uh, but I'm going to go with the O-H. I'll let Joe finish that whenever he listens to the podcast. But I, I think that I like the turnaround this team. I know they aren't necessarily playing their best ball right now. But I think just being in a bigger conference like that, having a little more experience is going to help them. Um, it should be That should be another really fun match. I think it's going to be a really close game either way. Uh, going down below that, Gonzaga, the 4 seed, and the 13 seed, NC Greensboro. Anyone having to say about NC Greensboro? Well, I really want to pick Greensboro. Yeah. I really do I don't too. think Gonzaga is that strong. I really do too, especially you know, as a member of the West Coast Conference and alum of the West Coast Conference. I've been trained to hate Gonzaga. Yes. Um, and NC Greensboro, you know, their team, Gonzaga always gets these teams. It seems like I always play a team from the South or the Southeast in their first round game. Gonzaga is, you know, in Northeast. I don't know. I think Gonzaga is just too much of a well oiled machine, unfortunately. I think they can easily get past this game and go even farther than this as well. So I'll take Gonzaga reluctantly. Yeah, I'm taking Gonzaga too, although I, uh, uh, up to like yesterday at like 10, yeah. I hadn't Greensboro just because. But uh, it's going to be Gonzaga. <laughs> uh, moving over there, this is another one that I thought was pretty tough to pick. I don't know about you guys. I spent a lot of time on this one just because I think the teams are evenly matched. Houston, San Diego State, the 6 11 seed in the West. Um, for me, you know, always going to be a, a West Coast guy. I like the San Diego State program. You know, obviously home to Kawhi Leonard, which has no bearing on this game at all. Not at all. It's the reason I picked <laughs> them. So I'm going San Diego State. My thing is, I saw a stat. It said, like, Houston has entered the tournament with 25 wins or more three times. This is the fourth time they're doing it. Mm-hmm. All the other three, they went to the Final Four. I thought they were going to be, like, losing the first round. No, it's like they went, and, and this probably, like, a long time ago. I didn't yeah, look up no, what years. But still, yeah. And so I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. I think it's a fun little stat, and I think Houston played well all year. They were flirting with that national rank, and they were in and out sometimes. But um, So I'm taking Houston. So I'm going to have to go also with San Diego State. They're a hot team right now. They won their last nine, won, won their conference championship, plus they're on the West Coast, plus they're Southern California. Have to go with San Diego State and the Aztecs here. Yeah. Uh, although Houston is a good team, it will be a tough test, but I think San Diego State pulls it out just because they're on the run right now. Going down to a next matchup, uh, which involves another friend of the pod who actually called me for 45 minutes on Sunday while I drove home. And I'm actually kind of surprised that it was only 45 minutes. Yeah, so Michigan and Montana, you know, despite uh, what I said there, I think my friend, our friend, Jonah, has some good points about Michigan being a pretty hot team right now, obviously, given the finals of the Big Ten tournament. And all that good stuff. Um, and so winning the Big Ten tournament, not even just getting to the finals. I didn't want to give him credit. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I admit it's Montana. <laughs> you pick Montana? <laughs> no, no, I'm saying it's Montana. Like, oh, they're okay. not, yeah. not going to lose oh, yeah. to Montana. Michigan, Michigan across the board, yeah. Although it would be fun to see. Uh, I haven't looked at Montana's nickname, but I assume it's the Grizzlies. The Grizz. Just the Grizz. The Grizz. Of <laughs> That's their logo. Yeah, I think I kind of remember that. You're but a anyway. Grizz. Yeah, but yeah, I like Michigan here as well. Uh, they're hot. They play good teams. They beat Michigan State twice this year. They lost North Carolina by 15, but they're they have the just the experience here in this in this uh, in this game. Moving down, Texas A&M and Providence, the 7-10 matchup here in the West. Anyone have anything that jumped out about this game? Dude? Only thing is, I've always been a Providence guy, and when they're in the tournament, for some reason, I just like the program. I, I always seem to pick them, but this time. But they burn me every time I usually pick them, so uh, that's, that's only my main reason for picking Texas A&M. I, I didn't really do too much research other than I don't want to be burned by Providence again. I gave you my heart too many times, and you've let me down too many times. Providence has played well versus top 25 teams. Uh, Texas A&M has a, a stud in, uh, what's his name, like Robert Washington or something like that, like their four guy. He's, he's good, but uh, I'm taking Providence here. I, A&M kind of disappointed me throughout the year. I thought they were better than this, and then Providence is hot right now, too, and they play well against top teams. 
Uh, yeah, Robert Williams is that boy's Williams, name. That's it. Um, I, I like Texas A&M just because they can rebound the crap out of the ball. Sixth tallest team in Division One. Um, I think they're going to be Providence. I will say though, like you, Nick, Providence is like a classic tournament team where like yeah. in any other NCAA sport, they're completely irrelevant. But right. They're always going to be a seven to ten seed in the NCAA tournament. They did take Villanova to overtime in the tournament, Big East tournament. So. Uh, yeah, I mean they're not bad. I, I you know, and playing in that conference, you're always going to be a good competition. But I, I just like Texas A&M. I think you know. If they had stayed healthy this year, they would have been really good, but I think they have a chance to prove what they're worth right now. No, that's cool. You guys are wrong. <laughs> anyway, moving down to the bottom of Z-Vest. We've got... What was that? Z-Vest. Z-Vest. Oh, a... Are you not familiar with Z-Vest? Went with a random accent, and we're going to... The, the I didn't know somebody fi- was wearing a vest. The 2 uh, and 15 vest. Around. You are not familiar with Z-Vest? Oh, uh, man. Where is this UNC from? and Lipscomb. North Carolina comes over Lipscomb. Easy. Oh, God. All right, well... I'm going to move there's, on to the next our, our <laughs> daily terrible nickname. You made fun of my little accent, and then you follow up with that. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's pretty brutal. Uh, we'll go over to on the both east. both sides, the accent, yeah. and then, yeah. Up to the east. I know what you're talking about, but, yeah. We have a playing game uh, for the right to face Villanova. That's Long Island and Radford. Um, they're both going to lose to Villanova. I think we can all agree there. Um, yeah, I will say I'll pick Radford from that game because they had that crazy finish, so I think that was fun, and I'd like to see them. Just for that, I'm going to take Long Island. Wow, square up, man. Let's go. Shout out my guy, Marty Smith, ESPN. Uh, he went to Radford. Oh, I didn't know They that. had a big like interview with him after the game. That's the only reason. We were talking a lot about Michael Porter on the other side of the bracket. We have another good player here that's probably an NBA draft prospect high in the top 10. That's Colin Sexton of Alabama, who are on the 9 seed facing Virginia Tech, the 8 seed. I'm going to take... Alabama here just because Sexton I think he has the uh, potential to carry his team a little farther in the first round although Virginia Tech is a good team it's their second straight appearance in the tournament I just think Alabama they're six and two against raked opponents that's a pretty good percentage and uh, I'm gonna take them Colin Sexton's finger roll game winner is one of the most beautiful things that I've seen in the last like three years I mean it's sexy you can even say yeah it was it was just so sm- like oh god I'd love seeing that and like the dude that yeah. jumped up mm-hmm. and was like oh this is goaltending but he had the front row view just of, like it going down yeah. hilarious oh, uh, so for that I'm taking Bama yeah I like I think all the story I gotta say is Colin Sexton's the reason anyone's picking Bama in this game you know being a lottery pick 8-9 game that should swing the tide for the Crimson Tide um, moving on from there, West Virginia and Murray State. Um, I like Murray State's name. It's, it's, it's a 12-5 it. here. It is, and it's a 12-5. I went back and forth in this game. Right now I have West Virginia. I like Bob Huggins a lot. I love the Huggy Bear. You can't go wrong with that. Um, I think they got a couple good, uh, you know, mature players on the team. And obviously just being in the conference that they're in. It always says a lot about them, so I got them right now. But that was one of the games that may switch over before Thursday. Yeah, Murray State, uh, the Ohio Valley regular season and tournament champs, they're a good shooting team. However, uh, in order to get, be a good shooting team, you have to make it past half court instead of an offense, and the West Virginia press is going to be too much for this team. Although I like Murray State in a lot of other matchups, I, I'm going to take West Virginia. That's here. why they call them Press Virginia, you know? So, like, yeah, I, I, do. I, I don't see Murray State winning this game. Nice. West Virginia is a, just an insane defensive team, so... Yeah. Going down here to the 413, uh, another one we discussed a lot before the game, so this should be an interesting pick. Wichita State and Marshall. Uh, Jesse, you like this Marshall squad a lot, don't you? Uh, yeah, I, we were talking about this before. I I, I never said they're going to win. Is, yeah, they, they definitely like have a, like, I think it's a, I think this is going to be a good game. I think Marshall's team plays an up-tempo style. Uh, it's like I was telling them before, it's Mike D'Antoni's brother coaches Marshall, um, and they use kind of the same little style. They score a lot. Um, I, I like Marshall right now 
I'm, st I'm still Wichita State, just off the experience, but it could change. Yeah, I'm, I'm there too. I mean, if Marshall is a cute little team, they run and gun, although they only played the 176th toughest schedule, so that's not really what I want to see going into the tournament. Wichita State is a team that has been there a lot. Seventh straight tournament uh, appearance for them. They've become a basketball powerhouse. And although, although you know they may not go as far as they usually do in this in this year's tournament, I'm gonna have them at least beating uh, Marshall in this game. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, Wichita State is a team I think I like more than a lot of the people, uh, and, and we can get to that more later. But I think the depth of this roster is what's gonna carry them through this tournament, and that's gonna start today. Marshall's first NCAA tournament appearance ever. Um, although I do like Dan D'Antoni at the helm there. You know, D'Antoni type offense is always fun. It's also great that it's Dan D'Antoni. I know. Uh, double D, so uh, should be fun there. Double Dan, even. <laughs> Dan the man. <laughs> Just endless nicknames, really, that he had to grow up with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, in the end, Wichita State's gonna get that one done. Not a shocker there. Hey, Ooh, Nick, that's another, another nice one, buddy. Uh, moving yeah. down there. <laughs> no, and I was like looking at the next part, and then it, it hit me what you said like five seconds after. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty Nick. Even word of Kirk Cousins. You like that? You like that? I'm gonna be saying that a lot this time. Yeah. So uh, moving down here to not the excited for how many you like that. So I'm gonna get from you. <laughs> yeah, a lot. You like that? You like that? You like that? Uh, Florida, and then a plane game from St. Bonaventure and UCLA. I wonder who Jesse's gonna take in that plane game. Let's start with that. <laughs> I'm gonna take St. Bonaventure yeah, in that plane weirdly game. Weirdly enough, uh, in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, there. I think yes, yeah, Bonnie, Bonnie. I've watched a couple of their games this year. They got they got a good little team over there. St. Bonnie's gonna gonna take that, and then they're also gonna beat Florida. Sheesh. St. Bonaventure, alma mater of Woj, who dropped the big bomb about Travis Swear earlier in this podcast. Yeah, still um, not over it totally. Unfortunately, though, UCLA is gonna be uh, winning this game in the playing game. Uh, I think. You have to support a local no, team you don't. here. I know Jesse is not on the same page as me. Don't but me. I have to support a local team. I'm going to support UCLA, and I'm also Westwood in the, High. the UCLA-Florida matchup then would be a nice little rematch of those mid-2000s national championship games, or at least Final Four games between those Florida and UCLA teams. That and would look you know a what? little different than those games, though. <laughs> it, will look, it will look a little different because UCLA is going to win this game over Florida, actually, as the 11th seed. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think UCLA is going to be the same Bonaventure, and then you'll want to beat Florida. Obviously, I think the plans are to have Joakim Noah come back and play for Florida, but either way, that's not going to stop the Bruins from advancing there. And I'm sorry, Justin. UCLA is so trash. I mean, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Welch is an elite down Jeffrey Welch? What is his name? Uh, it starts with a T. Oh, Thomas, right? Thomas, Thomas yeah. I, I, always call him Tra is, I call him Travis Welch. Yeah, Jeff Welch is Archie's friend. Oh. Uh, or something like that. I can't remember. Thomas Welch Thomas is Welch, loyal, uh, bad ish, I guess. LA ish. He's so Maybe soft. He's LA. Welch is so soft. He'll yeah. get beasted. Anyway, we'll see about that. Uh, That'll be a fun one. I don't think any had anyone had any surprise at Florida. Well, you have St. Bonaventure going. I have Bonnies, yeah. So there you go. Um, if, if UCLA somehow pulls it out, I have Florida winning. Yeah, yeah, I figured. Um, Texas Tech, uh, SF Austin. 314. 314. SF Austin's made some uh, upset noise in the tournament before. They definitely have. Um, Steve Francis Austin is always a, a dangerous team. Yeah, they're, shout out to the franchise. <laughs> uh, but they're also not getting it done. 
Uh, now, yeah, I'm with Texas Tech here. I think the Red Raiders have had a solid Big 12 season, better than they have in the past couple of years, and I think they're going to continue that into the tournament. Yeah, a nice little Texas two-step here in this matchup, and I'm going to also take Texas Tech. They've beaten Kansas, they've beaten West Virginia, they've beaten Nevada, they beat Oklahoma and Texas twice. I mean, I think they're just a good team. They haven't yeah. got a lot of love because the Big 12 has been I mean, other storyline yeah, dominated. The only other thing about Texas Tech is they've also had a, a, a tough injury, so it's like they're not at full strength, which is another thing, but they're still good enough to beat SF Austin. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, moving down to the next matchup, which is Arkansas at Butler. Butler, you know, has obviously been a team that knows about the tournament. They've been a Cinderella team before. They always seem to be in this little 10-7 range, um, sometimes higher. Uh, but just given that, given that experience, I'm going to take them in the 10-7 upset here over Arkansas. Is Brad Stevens coaching Butler still? No. No. Okay, cool. I got I got Arkansas. Yeah. Is Gordon Hayward playing anymore? Mm, I don't think so. No, that's where I'm taking Or what was it? Dude, Matt, Matt Howard? Yeah. No love for Butler's team. I don't team think he here. plays either, right? What is there to love about Butler's team? I mean, uh, like Arkansas, we were talking about before the that. podcast. Arkansas's got a 7 2 guy. Yeah, like, they yeah, got athletes I mean, on the wings. Arkansas is nice. I was more worried about the next round of Arkansas and if they could win that one or not. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be too much. I, I don't see. Uh, Arkansas doesn't have any good wins this season. They lost to Houston by 26. They lost to Kentucky by 15. Houston's a good they team. lost Kentucky's to North Carolina good team. by 19. North Carolina's you a good team. You just like three of the best teams in the I know, but right Butler has beaten Villanova. Like, they're, they're tested. They've also Ar- lost twice to Villanova. Lost twice to Xavier. Lost Purdue by 15. Lost right. twice to Seattle. How you feel? How you feel? How you we'll feel? We'll lost we'll to Creighton. Lost to Providence. We'd love know. to disagree. Uh, yeah, I, we I think this, this could be a blowout for Arkansas. Wow. Okay. That honestly wouldn't surprise me either. I think like a nice 15-point dough for Arkansas. At least. Um, wow. Going down from there. If you're going to Vegas, take Arkansas. Yeah, absolutely. With the spread. Absolutely. Purdue, Cal State, Fullerton in your 215 there um, for the East. Uh, Shout out to friend of the pod, Harrison. Harrison. Sorry, sorry, it's not going to really go too much farther for you, Harrison. Harrison, In the words of Nick, sorry, in the words of Nick, you got to support the local team here, so. (laughs) Hey, Fullerton's not really Uh, LA, so, you know, and Purdue. A 215, I just don't see it. Uh, Purdue is just yeah. too talented, too good. Fullerton, they weren't even really a good team in their conference. They won the tournament, though, and I just don't see it going wow. much further. Well, I think Harrison would definitely disagree with that based on his coverage this year. Maybe you should have asked him for making these outlandish statements. That's a great but, point. Uh, as much as it hurts me to pick against not only Harrison in front of the pod, but also my father, who is a current professor there, uh, Purdue, too big, too fast, too strong. Bob, I think, would agree, too, as an alumni of the Big Ten, so no real issues there. Got to root for someone since the Gophers aren't in the tournament this year. Uh, which is heartbreaking, you know. You're gonna root for Purdue in the tournament, then? No. Oh, I mean, my parents. Saying. My parents are big on like we went to the Big Ten. We root for the Big oh, Ten. Oh, I hate that. Which I never understand. And I don't do that for any conference I like or anything like that. I did it for Oregon last year, but that was more or two years ago. That was tough. I think like you know, the easy comparison for me is just like anything. Like when I played college baseball, the teams in my conference when they beat us, I hated them so much. It was hard for me to ever want them yeah. to win. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe from the same region, I guess, and it's a little different there. But like, I, I just never made sense to me. Um, going down to the final region here, the Midwest represent represent. Uh, started at the top. This and is this is the Pablo Torre game. Every year he picks a sixteen over a one. This is his game. He has Penn. Um, I, I thought it seems like a weird one to me. That I Ivy League pick. I would have gone. Penn Penn had a really good year, and then they're also like one of the highest rated uh, sixteen seeds ever. And yeah. the spread for this is fourteen and a half only. I yeah, think, well, and it was more so that I think Kansas is so good. You know, I, I think Penn, if they had played in a different 16-1 matchup, they'd have a much better chance of winning. Like, if they played maybe Xavier, that would be a little... None of them are easy. The Virginia oh, I think they have a better chance of beating Xavier, too. But, like, but, Azubuki is going to play, but he's hurt. 
Like the not Kansas, Kansas hasn't had. I'm not saying that they're gonna lose. Devontae Graham, I just saw him take over player, that game. Yeah, he's, you know, he's just twelfth player of the year. He's just so good and so dominant in some of these games. I think he's gonna turn it up. He really seems like a guy to me that steps up in the big moments. Every game I've watched him this year, any big game Kansas has been in, he's been the guy to just knock down threes and win. Literally, just carry the team. And he's been there for so long. He's done this so many times. I've Kansas winning, but yeah, it's an, it was weird seeing a 14 and a half point spread for a 16-1. So I, it's one to look at, yeah, and, yeah. and definitely if you have a chance to watch it, follow Pablo Torre on Twitter because he always will live tweet the game, and it's hilarious. Yeah, and if there's one thing, you know, Penn does uh, has a great defensive efficiency against three-pointers. Kansas shoots a lot of three-pointers. Exactly. So maybe that would be the thing to say there. But that should be a fun one. Yeah, way. we're all taking Kansas, though, Kansas in the end. Though, yeah, in the end. Next up, I think this is another tough one for everyone to manage. Their pick, another 8-9, as always. NC State, Seton Hall. Um, for me, I like that NC State team. Um, you know, I like the confidence that they're in. I, I've always just kind of liked NC State too. I don't know why. So I, that may be a little more biased. You, you like them so much. I love them. And more on that Ooh. later, but let's Ooh. just say they're going to win this game. Yeah. Oh, God. That sounded like he says picking NC State to be Kansas too. But, um, you know, I, I got NC State as well. I don't really know anything about either team. Seton Hall is a good tournament team. They're always in there. Um, but I'm just going to take NC State just strength yeah. of schedule. Then we got another tough match at the 5-12 Clemson-New Mexico State game. Uh, this is I was going back and forth on this one a lot, and a lot of people are liking New Mexico State here. The Aggies to make some noise. For me though, I think Clemson's strength of schedule playing in that tough SEC is going to be enough to get them past a good New Mexico State team. One of the few times I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the non-West Coast team in these tough decisions, I'm going Clemson over New Mexico State in the 5-12. You know, you always say that you want to support you know your West Coast Conference team. Uh, Clemson is hurt. Clemson is limping in. Um, I said SEC, I meant the ACC. New Mexico State has the best rebounder in the country, Mario Jones. Zach Lofton's been there. He knows what he's doing out here. New Mexico State's going to win this game. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt, besides a good amount of doubt. <laughs> um, I have no doubt. I have no doubt that there isn't some doubt yeah. in this game. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I literally, I, like looking at all my different brackets, this game is split in every different one. But I think right now, on the record, I'm gonna go on and just say that New Mexico is gonna win this game because you know I just enjoy the upsets. And I think you're right. Just once I read more into it, losing your best player to a torn ACL is just really hard to overcome, especially when it only happened a little over a month ago. You know, certainly the team has had some time to adjust, but I just think New Mexico State. You know, when you have your full team for the whole year, you know the style you come in. You're very confident in your play. Zach Lofton is a score. Yeah, they're they're gonna be good. I think that will be the one uh, upset I'll pick for right there for the 12-5. Um, moving down there, we have Auburn. And another school. Oh, is that Charleston? Charleston. Calls it. Wow, that's a weird way to. You said Auburn and another school. (laughs) I know. No, it's really weird. The like uh, the lettering they use for this is very strange. But anyway, I got Auburn in this matchup. I I like Auburn's team. The SEC I usually don't pick too highly in, but I think it's a decent team. Yeah. Auburn, you know, they beat Tennessee by ten. They beat Arkansas by ten. They beat Kentucky by ten. They've had some good wins. Uh, I'm going to take them in this 4-13 matchup. Pretty easy win for them, actually. Auburn lost in the second round of the SEC tournament to Alabama in a hot Colin Sexton. Um, Auburn is also hurt. Charleston is also very good. Charleston wins that game. I got a 12-13 matchup in the second round. I like it. I like it. Did that happen last year? I think or maybe one of the last couple years. It's happened recently, yeah. For sure, that's fun. I like that pick. Going to the next one, uh, this playing game is probably one that I think we could we could pick. Arizona. Oh, yeah, let's uh, pick the plane. Syracuse. Uh, I mean, I wish we let's, could pick. Let's me- pick this play. I game. wish we could pick neither of them. You know, uh, 
Because these teams just don't excite me at all. So I don't care who wins that game. I would guess I would pick Arizona State, and I think TCU is going to beat them after that. Arizona State has been bad the last half of the year. Like, they, they got up as high as, I think, third in the nation, and then it's yeah. just been a downward spiral. Um, they got a couple of scorers, but Syracuse is hot right now. Uh, and it's, it's Bayheim. And they're a very good defensive team. They're going to be able to hold their scores in check. Uh, Syracuse wins. And then Syracuse beats TCU as well. Wow. Uh, you rock with that zone that hard? I mean, it's, it's a game changer when it comes down to this conference. It's, it's, play, it's just Bayheim. It's like it's Syracuse. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, Battle is incredible. Like, he's a really good scorer. Yeah, I agree with you, Jesse, about the Syracuse-Arizona State game. I think just the coaching and the experience is going to get them through that game. However, I think that's where it ends. I think TCU, although they've kind of been scuffling of late, uh, they are a good team. They have uh, they played a very tough schedule, and I think that's going to serve them well in this game. I think TCU is my only is actually going to be my only six seed to advance in this game in the tournament. Just remember the name, Vladimir Brodzienski, leading scorer yeah, in TCU. Remember that name. That's going to be the guy. At least in this first round game. Carry him through. Yeah. I'll, I'll remember that. Yeah, write it down, make a note, spell check that dish. Not gonna going down check it. to the three fourteen matchup, Michigan State, one of the darlings of the tournament. Many people are picking them to go all the way. Uh, they're going to go against, go up against uh, a familiar f- face in the tournament. That's Bucknell. Mm-hmm. But of course, Michigan State will win this game because they're just way too talented, and Bucknell won't be able to I stop think so, them. Yeah, Bucknell, another tournament classic in the last decade. But again, Michigan State. You uh, sounded the way you were making that. It sounded like you were gearing up for like a really bad pun. But I'm just, I'm, I'm happy it didn't happen. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, Michigan State's Mich- Michigan team. Yeah, but something yeah. like that. Yeah. Something dumb. Yeah, but anyway. yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, and, and again, I just want to remind everyone out there that um, you know, Michigan State is Michigan State, and I seem to forget that every year in the tournament. Tom Izzo. Tom Izzo is our head coach, so just don't forget that moving forward. He's an elite. He's a walking elite eight. And literally, it's except every, for one year yeah. when they lost it as the two seed. One year, but yeah. Anyway, just to remember that. Another interesting matchup next one here: Rhode Island and Oklahoma, the seven ten. Um, obviously, Trey Young, possible player of the year, uh, and that's really what the defining factor is there for me. I just think he's going to get hot in this game, and he's going to carry him for at least one. You know, the, the next matchup there is less than likely, but I think that they can carry. Uh, he can carry a team through at least one game. You know, very easily. So a little late uh, Bucknell pun. I'm gonna buck the trend that I had been saying about these stars. I the prospects. Gave you the pun. No, you, he literally just said that pun, and then you just took it. Well, I'm using it. I'm using it now, belatedly. And you can't. It's not even the right game. You can't even use that. Trash. Go on though. Anyway, so earlier in this uh, podcast, I mentioned that I wanted to pick Missouri and Michael Porter Jr., and then I wanted to pick Alabama and Colin Sexton. I'm not picking Oklahoma and Trey Young. I think Rhode Island is a very good team with some very strong and physical point guards who will be able to exploit Trey Young's weakness as a lot of Big 12 opponents found out during the uh, course of the year, just swarming him, making him get rid of the ball, not letting him get it back. I think Rhode Island has the perfect guard line to accomplish that, and I think Rhode Island will win over Oklahoma. Trey Young's little tournament appearance will be short and sweet. Okay, so I've been going back and forth on this game, but your confidence and terrible puns and... It just made me want to over pick, the edge. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking Oklahoma and I'm staying with it now. After all of that, um, I think Rhode Island's good, but this is a this feels like a, a game for Oklahoma and, and Trey Young specifically, where he has to get off because a lot of people are saying they don't even deserve to be in the tournament. And this is one of those games like we we should be here, I should be here. Jared Terrell is not going to let him get off. You're going to see Jared Terrell celebrating as Trey Young is crying on the floor after this game. See, you're just doing more. You like how many Rhode Island games did you watch this year? 
Uh, not a lot this year, but last year I picked them actually as an 11 seed to go to the Sweet 16, and they pushed Oregon very well. They almost did that. They beat their first round matchup. And I just like Oregon. I've liked Oregon since last year. They've maintained their position. Oregon's not in the tournament. I mean, Rhode Island. <laughs> Should just let them go. <laughs> <laughs> I just like Rhode Island's the, the way their program is heading, and I think they're very well equipped uh, to beat this team, especially. Oklahoma team that features a guy like Trey Young. That's a good point, though. Oregon could beat Oklahoma yeah. in this game. Yeah, I said Oregon. Yeah, you said it again. So if you're really just, like, I wish Oregon was in the tournament. I don't know. I, it's like <laughs> Oregon's a good team. I think they should. They deserve to be in the tournament in the first place. So it's good to see them actually get in now, and then they're going to play Oklahoma. Yeah, that yeah, should that's, be. A, that's my. Bad. This is something that we don't know. That should be a good matchup. Or that Oregon Oklahoma seven <laughs> ten. Cool. So, but, uh, all right. The one thing I will get you URI before we move on. Great color scheme. I like the dual. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. have some nice unis for the tournament. Uh, and finally, the last pick of the first round, Duke Dukies. and Iona. Jesse, always been a Duke fan for some unknown. Love Duke. Unknown terrible. Always been my second favorite yeah, basketball, college basketball just team. Just trash. Very excited to see Grayson Allen's career come to an end. But, uh, you know, he's going to have another chance to trip someone because they're going to go pretty easily through Iona. Yeah. It's Duke. It's Duke as well. And I don't think it's going to be as easy as people think. Iona is a nice little feisty team, but Duke will at least pull away in the second half. It might be close in the beginning, but Duke will win in the end. Their talent is too Basketball much. Basketball power index ranking for Iona, 113. <laughs> nice little team. Nice little team here. Nice little team, nice little team uh, that lost to Santa Clara in the 2011 CIT oh. tournament in the championship game. What? <laughs> Who cares about that garbage? I don't even know what the CIT is. Why are we talking about I think that? That's what the Gophers Neither do I. Neither do I. God. And that's going to wrap up all our picks for the first round there. Always a fun time picking with you guys. Uh, it was interesting to see how many wrong picks you had there. Very, very unique technique when you guys are trying to win a bracket challenge. Hmm. But uh, you guys can check yeah. out our, our entire brackets online and sign up, as we said, for our March Madness Challenge on Yahoo. Win $15 to your uh, your own area of choosing, which this is the thing. And if it's not Wingstop, you're probably trash. Yeah, I was going to say, we almost just made it Wingstop, but we let you choose because we love you. You know, we love the people. It is what it is, but we are not going to leave you without telling, a, telling you who our winners are, you know, because mm -hmm. you're doing a bracket and you're not picking a final four and a winner. That's really what it all comes down to. That's what matters. So we have our four. We have our winners. Um, you can check out the road to them online, as I said. Um, but I'll start it off, if, you know, if you guys don't mind. Um, Go for it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Out of the South, I have four seed Arizona. Mm. DeAndre Ayton, too big, too strong, too fast. Alonzo Tree. Too furious. Too strong, too fast, too furious. However you want to say it, man. Two elite, elite players they're going to represent. Coming out of the West, I have Xavier. Uh, they're going to be matched up with Michigan there in that Elite Eight game, but I think they're just going to be a little too much. I like that team. Um, I think that that is a tough one to pick there with UNC and Gonzaga also there, but that's my pick. Uh, from the Midwest, uh, as much as it stings me to do this, I'm picking Duke. I think they're going to get to the Elite Eight against Kansas, and they are just going to have too much. Um, the bag I, is heavy. Yeah. Bragdon is just so good, you know, and, and there's not much that can be said. There hasn't been enough said about him just because I don't think, you know, DeAndre Ayton, especially in the last couple weeks, has taken over that I'm the first pick. But Martin Bagley is just... He's a beast. He's a beast, and you just can't forget that. And I think with Grayson Allen, as much as I dislike him, uh, you know, what is he, a ninth-year senior been in the tournament 15 times. Grayson's my guy. You know, which is awful because you, in no other walk of life do you like a player like that, but for some reason you like him. Um, and then my surpriser, my little shocker right here, out of the East, Wichita State. You're to shocker. the final four. To the final four, all the way, boys. You know, I, I never was that impressed by Purdue. I think obviously having a seven, seven foot two guy in Haas 
is uh, the anchor of their team, but can also take them down in that sense. Because if they rely too much on him, don't get the shooting going, it can hurt them. And I just like Wichita. You know, I have six seniors, have a lot of talent, have a lot of experience. And as I said before this tournament started, you need to either have a really, really strong, deep group, or you need to have one or two stars that are going to carry you through this whole time. And I just think that Wichita State has that depth that they need to get through. And I think they just, more so also that their road to this game isn't as difficult as other places. I think the more, this comes to me as how this bracket is set up and why this happened. Um, and from there, Duke and Arizona are going to win those games. Arizona and Duke in the national championship. Wildcats, baby. As I said, you guys forget this. I don't know if you remembered. Predicted this before the season started. I said my way too early college basketball prediction. And actually, I'm just going to roll with this into a take. An extremely early take, and probably one that comes with no research, but that's when the best takes come. Um, the second team that Chico played was Arizona, and they got absolutely dominated. And I don't think that it has ever happened to a Chico team that's gone down to any D1 school before. They lost by like 35 points. And watching them play that game, Arizona's going to win the NCAA basketball championship season. Wow. Oh, sizzling early A pre-first game. A day before the season wow. starts. Just to let you guys know. Bear, Sully bearing down, I guess. Wow. Alonzo Trier, the real deal. Now he's a beast. He's a man. I know you obviously have high expectations for the Trojans this year. I also have experience seeing Arizona yeah, play. Yeah, I mean. That these guys... And that's what I mean. Just looking at the team last year that was number three and had a top, you know, a lottery pick in Markkanen, and this team is so much better on Arizona this year. Um, I've never really been a big Arizona guy, so I'm really gassing them up for the first time. But, you know, i got to show a fellow Wildcat some love. So. The University of Arizona is winning the national championship. That was a hot take. No way it could go against it at this time. They were playing too well. Aiton, he's my number one pick. He's an absolute beast. After what they did to the USC in the conference finals there, that dunk is still rattling the rims all throughout the nation. I just Elijah, I still love you, baby. I know. It's all good. I feel bad for the guy. Um, just shouldn't have jumped. Yeah. <laughs> should make a business decision, my guy. Yeah. Arizona, though. Wildcats. That's my national champion. All right. I like that so then. I like your pick of Wichita State and going to the Final Four. You know, nobody can get mad at you for that because the tournament never really goes according to plan. There's always a crazy team like that. And Wichita State would not be that crazy of a team, as yeah. you said, for many, many other reasons. I've had too many brackets where I have twos and threes and ones in the final yeah. four. And it just never ends up like that. Yeah. So. I mean, last year there was a seven in the final four. Yeah, that so was I'm South Carolina. I'm stepping on so. and taking two fours now. So, so there you go. Uh, I'm actually with you on most of that, Sully. Uh, in the south and west, I have Arizona and uh, Michigan coming out. I think Michigan will be the team to beat North Carolina to get to that point. Um, on the other side, in the East and Midwest, I have Villanova. I think just the number one seed, Jay Wright's team is good. Uh, Bridges is a great player. I think they have a solid, deep team. And then uh, I also have Duke coming out in the bottom there in the Midwest. And I have your same uh, national championship, Sully, and that's Duke and Arizona. Uh, although this time, I'm going to go with Marvin Bagley, Coach K, Grayson Allen, and that squad uh, to beat Arizona in the championship game by a final score of 69-64. to 64. That's pretty nice. My final score is 69-61. That's nice. Um, I think we're all we're all here, Arizona, um, in the South. Uh, I'm disagreeing with you guys here. Where I think North Carolina, you guys like love Michigan. Like I, yeah, where do you think Michigan's gonna fall? They're hot right now. I think Michigan loses. They just don't have anyone to play. That's the thing. They lose to North Carolina. Yeah, that's that, that's the game where it'll happen. They lose I, to North Carolina. I think I think that Houston game is even tough, but. Uh, I I don't think they're like that great. They just got hot a week before the tournament even started. So it's like exactly great time to get hot. No, I don't, you obviously want to get hot at the right time, but then it's also tough that you have a week and a half off. Yeah, like I feel, so. I'd, I'd rather be hot and 
worry about that we can have up and be worrying about how to get hot in that we can have I get it, but I think North Carolina is also playing really well right now. I think they have essentially, they have such a similar team as last year uh, when they're so, like Theo Pinson's playing his best ball of the year right now, and that's that's the X factor for me where North Carolina gets over Michigan and then gets over Xavier. Um, maybe even South Dakota State, but that's, you know, maybe a little. <laughs> then we got up in the East. I, I, I mean, Villanova's really good. Like, they have two of the best players in the nation. Um, I think Villanova, and, and I don't, like you said earlier, I don't love any of these other teams, which I think is the setup for why you guys have, which are, solely at least has Wichita State going in there. Uh, Villanova's toughest match is going to be West Virginia. I think West Virginia beats Wichita in that defense for Villanova, but Villanova's a really good team. They get through. And then Duke in the in the Midwest. Uh, that Michigan State game is going to be tough, but uh, his, I think it's the Dukies' time. They get in. North Carolina beats Arizona. Um, and then it's a North Carolina Duke national Ooh. champion. Ship. That's pretty sick. North Carolina's had Duke's number all year. Yeah, of course you're gonna make two. Stops there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's it, I can't. It's, it's it's trying too much in me. I can't pick against Duke in the national championship. I, mean, I think you're invested in this rivalry. No, and that's the funny <laughs> thing is like I like North Carolina too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I do like both teams. Like it's not that serious for me. I yeah. just like Duke a lot. But uh, <laughs> such a weird, weird thing about you that you. Like I've always Duke. loved Duke. It's just the stupidest thing about you. <laughs> it just feels. It just feels right. So that that's our final four. So we gave you our round of sixty four picks, our final four picks, and we also wanted to, before we move on here, give you some upset picks throughout the tournament, sprinkled in, maybe sprinkled in some Cinderellas. We've we've hit on a few, but maybe if there's ones that we haven't talked about, do you guys have any that jump off the bat for you right now? Yeah, I got those for you. Um, you know, I think obviously just in the early rounds, Alabama, NC State, Oklahoma, all going to win. Wichita State is obviously kind of more of an upset for me getting to the Final Four. But the one team, if I was going to pick any as more of a since you know a Cinderella run, like like an eight or or lower, eight or lower, absolutely an eleven seed, Loyola Chicago got that first round matchup with Miami. I already picked them. I have them winning and getting all the way to the Sweet Sixteen and losing to Cincinnati. But I think there's a really good team. Trending at the right time. That's an easy. Well, not I won't say it's an easy matchup against Miami, but as far as first round matchups go, it's a very winnable matchup for them. I don't love that Miami team, and then from there, I just like you know once you win that first round, anything can kind of happen in the tournament once you're hot. So, and they can even beat Cincinnati. Honestly, like that, that's a team that their road isn't that tough getting in there. Yeah. So like I, I like that Loyola Chicago. Yeah. Thing. Besides that, 12 fives. Uh, oh, I have San Diego State winning and New Mexico State winning. All this good stuff. But that's really the one Cinderella team I have. Okay, yeah, so I only have a few. I didn't really have any double-digit seeds getting past the Sweet 16. Um, my biggest Cinderella team, my biggest upset, uh, could be the same team, and that's uh, NC State, the nine seed in the Midwest Division. They're going to beat Seton Hall in the first round for a matchup with Kansas, and they're going to beat Kansas in that second-round game. Kansas' run comes to an end. They only win one game in the tournament. NC State goes on to play Clemson in the following round and beats them as well. NC State, the Wolfpack, are gonna howl their way into the Elite Eight. And I just like them because they've- Howl their way. Yeah, I said it. Oh, I heard This is a team that's beaten Duke by 11. They've beaten North Carolina. They've beaten Arizona. This team has beaten some really good teams and their team has been in the tournament a lot. They're tested, they're ready, they're underrated. I like them going to the Elite Eight Wolfpack. In terms of other upsets, um, yeah, I mean, I have Missouri and Michael Porter Jr. beating Xavier in their matchup in the round of 32. Uh, so I have Missouri winning two games before they lose to Gonzaga. But otherwise, that's kind of my... I'm really putting all my eggs in the NC State basket. That just 
it just makes me so much more confident in the fact yeah. that they're going to lose to I'm Kansas. I'm surprised you didn't say you're putting all your wolves in the NCAA State pack. Something like that, you know. <laughs> that is a good one. He's like, he's, he's mad that he didn't, he didn't think of that. I'm a little Dang salty. It. Next time, next year. Um, a couple of mine. I see. I can see St. Bonnie's making a little run here because Texas Tech isn't playing their best basketball right now. And then if they were ever to get get to Purdue, if Purdue goes cold, like from in their shooting wise, then that's a beatable team. And then you get to Villanova in the Elite Eight. But beyond that, I think South Dakota State is another one of those teams where they go the beat Gonzaga. Xavier's a week one, they can beat Xavier, and then you get to North Carolina, and that's obviously a tough game, but if I were to pick one, like, eight or lower to kind of get there, it'd probably be South Dakota State or New Mexico State, I think, has that chance, because Kansas can go cold from three and lose a game, and then it becomes a, a crapshoot with Duke, and obviously Duke has the talent and the coaching, but New Mexico State is a good team as well, and with a great rebound like Jamario, like, they can kind of battle with Marvin Bagley a little bit and then see where it goes from there. So those are my two. I think New Mexico State and South Dakota State. Yeah, and I Best chances for me. Any any of those teams, and neither not as much of the Cinderella stories, but the team, you know, Colin Sexton at Alabama, Trey Young at Oklahoma, and Michael Porter Jr. at Missouri. Could they all, get hot. Like, I mean, yeah. They could all just become teams that are easily into the Elite Eight or maybe even beyond, or Sweet 16, or whatever you want to call it. But I just think they can... No other teams in the nation, maybe besides those three, there may be a few other players, um, you know, Aiden and some other stars, but those three guys really just the ability to score at will and just be game changers like that can turn any team into a Cinderella team. Um, I don't think anyone had an eight or above in the final four or anything like that, so those are really our upsets and everything like that. I hope you those guys... Those are like best chances the best to get there. Chances, not necessarily team yeah, pick to get there, exactly, but that's the best, best chance. chances. Those are, and, and, you know, we're not even trying to give you players. I think that's too hard, because but there's always going to be one or two small school guys that come out and yeah. show out and ball out, so we're excited to see that. Uh, but once again, guys, join our bracket. A chance to win $15 of your own choosing in a gift card form, which is, you know, that's pretty good quality currency right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, not Bitcoin, sorry, but, you know, you're going to have to sell for this. The versatility is nice. That's like two meals or a nice $15 item or a piece of clothing. About, yeah. And you don't even, don't even limit yourself to that. You know, maybe a nice Best Buy gift card. And yeah. You want to get a little bit off for, like, you know, uh, Madden or whatever. Do yeah. Your thing. Do your thing. We'll help you out. But you got to beat us first. That's the thing. And that's not going to happen because you guys are clowns and we're going to smack you. So sign up so we can smack you. Love to see you, but also hate you. Josh, you get nothing if you win. <laughs> and it would not be an episode of Cautiously Optimistic without some cautiously optimistic headlines. That is our new segment where we pick any headline that mentions the phrase cautiously optimistic because, once again, we are the experts at everything cautious optimism related. So the first one we have here, guys, is uh, scientists are cautiously optimistic that treatments will save the last male white rhino on the planet. I mean, that's huge. You need that. You need the white rhinos around. It reminds me of the great white buffalo, you know? Mm. It's obviously That's obviously where it just comes from, I think, in my mind. And you need that around. It's the hardest thing to find. So we are glad they're cautiously optimistic about that. Yeah, I mean, I would love some, like, better optimism, you know, but, but cautious optimism is better than no optimism. It's, yeah, it's, exactly. it's, a, it's a 45-year-old rhino. His name is Sudan. Uh, he has an infection on his leg, and so we're hoping, uh, they're, they're saying his future isn't looking bright, but we're cautiously optimistic that he will pull through and keep the lineage going. CO headline, why Congress is cautiously optimistic on Trump's talks with North Korea. You wow. gotta be cautious in that. You, you, <laughs> you gotta be cautious there. Definitely cautious. 
Yeah, that's not something we, uh, you know, I, I am optimistic, but I'm really approaching that one with caution. I will say that, you know, you got to be disappointed that the president of this nation, say what you will, not filling out an NCAA tournament bracket. Uh, wow, we, didn't even know that. Weak. I'm getting my bunker ready. I'm just I'm throwing that sure, out too. Uh, my man's Obama did it, women and men. Yeah, every year. Yeah. Every year. Eight years straight. That's like 16 tournaments, brackets filled out. Um, but yeah, you got to be cautious here. It's the first time that an American president has even negotiated with North Korea. And so they're both pretty crazy guys. Got to be careful. Got to be cautious. crazy guys doing some crazy things. <laughs> this is, you know. They gotta have some chaper- they gotta have some chaperones on this play day, let's just say. Yeah, let's hope someone's there to talk some sense into them. But I, you know, knowing who's around them, we don't have a lot of optimism around them. I do them. think that, that that was the best analysis so far. Was uh, sheesh, sheesh. <laughs> anyway, those are our quick seal headlines for you this week. Obviously, if you see any of the news, send them our way so we can break them down for you. And now we're gonna head to the final, well, almost the final section of the show. But as always, one of our favorites, and that is the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Food flavor. Now, Jess, are we ready? Is it time? Jess, mm-hmm. can you let us know about the swine scale? Everyone's wondering. The swine scale is ready. The swine scale is ready. So we've, we've had, you know, our stars in the past, and, you know, I feel like that was... Yeah. Nick loved the stars. And Nick loved the stars, and I'm sorry to have to take them away from you, but we're going to replace it with the swine scale, which is a, uh, it's out of 100... Um, it's a it's a percentage here, um, so it's combining taste, a uh, thing called uh, that I call comeback ability, which is mm-hmm. what what about the restaurant makes you want to come back. Nice pause. Um, health and health not necessarily in the sense of like what's healthiest, actually, but health in the sense of what makes you feel like you're not really eating fast yeah, food yeah, and, and how do you feel after? That's the main thing. Is like if I feel terrible after, that's my health. You know, it's all bad. Gotcha. You know, so that's the health. Then eatability, which is the the ease of eating. Essentially, can you eat this in the car? Mm-hmm. How quick is it? Very does important. the do, does the juice spill all over your fingers, boss? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's like those kind of things. Then also, of course, price, a huge part of it. Um, size, or a thing I call fill up ability, which is. <laughs> How well it fills you up. Pause. You didn't, okay, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. I, I was there. Pause yeah, on there. Um, so, it, it, like, and that's also kind of goes into bang for your buck. Yeah, and, and that's that's not really. Um, <laughs> no. And then combinability, which is how easy is this to combine with other things. Like, so, for example, you know, a Crunchwrap Supreme isn't the easiest in combinability because it's a pretty big piece. Yeah. Uh, pause. And then you get into, like, a beefy Frito burrito. Um, that's very easily combinable. Yeah. So that's going to have a higher combinability rating. So all those things, you add them up, you get in there and you divide them. There's definitely, you know, it's weighted for sure. Some quick maths. Yeah, some quick maths. Yeah. You know, so okay. two plus two is four minus one. That's three quick that's maths. Good. We might have to have you like write out a whole like little. Yeah, we're gonna put this on our social media page. Yeah. Uh, There's definitely, and, definitely, and we'll work on a graphic for it. Graphic is needed mm-hmm. on this. Definitely we'll have to work on that for everyone. But do you have an item to review for us today using this wine scale? No. It's okay. We're gonna wait That's okay. No. We, we understand. It's that, a big unveiling. That was very comprehensive. There's actually lots of metrics involved. I, I'm, you know, I'm not good at counting as we found out earlier, but I think there was. You said there was like six different metrics in there. There's seven. Seven. Wow. All yeah. right. Even better. So we appreciate that for preparing, uh, preparing that for us. And I guess we just can't wait until it's put into use. For now, though, we will be working to get that graphic up for you guys. 
And uh, we just thank you, uh, Jesse, yeah. for providing this for the future yeah. and as we go on. We're really just optimistic. Yeah, we appreciate it. Everyone's going to appreciate this. The ability to have this, you know, it's kind of like Rotten Tomatoes for movies. I think this is a, a generational type move right here where you could set this up and, you know, that's just going to fly. And that's the goal. The goal is for everybody to kind of just, I want people to understand and, and have a full reasoning for why this item gets rated in a, in a certain way. Exactly. So. Well, we appreciate that. The swine scale is out now. Stay ready, folks, because it's going to change the game. And that's the fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. Fast food flavor. And now we come to the for realsies end of the show here. Our super hot, interesting takes and shoutouts. Uh, a quick shout-out. You know, this one's for Bob. Al Kaline. Shout him out. Bob's hero growing up for the Detroit Tigers. You know what's mm. doing this time. So there's a photo of him hanging right next to us in the office. Had to shout that out for Bob. Appreciate you. Uh, you know. As it also says right here in the office, Bob made me do it. Yeah. Always appreciate you, Bob. So there's uh, that shout out for that. And uh, now we're going to toss it over to Nick, who's got a nice shout out for us as well, correct? I do. And this shout out goes to uh, Jesse's family, most specifically his sister, mm. Jesse, mm. Uncle Swine. Dio Swine. See. Uh, young Hallie came into the world. Yeah. Uh, Rosa had her baby, and we are just very happy for you and the whole family. Shout out to Rosa, her husband, and Hallie, and everyone involved. Congratulations! Yeah. Thank you. Thank what you. Is it, what is it like being an uncle? You were the only one amongst us, so. Uh, it right now is the same. Yeah. Because I haven't been able to get down to see her yet. Yeah. Um, but I think I think that's going to change once I'm able to get down. What uh, kind of uncle do you think you're going to be? Uh, I'm a funkle. <laughs> Yeah. I think that was Come on now. I think that's yeah, pretty yeah, obvious. Yeah, that was, there really yeah. wasn't any other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, so. That's good. That's exciting to see the Funkle Jess. Funkle Swan. Funkle Swan. Hashtag Funkle Swan. Teal Funkle Swan. Anyway, Swine, you have a take for us. Yeah, and again, I, uh, shout out to my sister. Obviously. All that was, you can go to my Instagram. I, I did a little post there too. Yeah. You can see all it's that. It's been shouted. Yeah. Um, a little take here, and this is uh, something I was talking about I tweeted about this recently and uh, I don't know if you saw it because it was in a mention I, I said this to somebody on Twitter so you might not have seen this and I don't I honestly don't even think this is like that hot but I think Nick might think this is a little hotter mm -hmm. uh, right now Julius Randle is better than Draymond Green wow I'm with you right now at this moment I'm with you though wow Julius Randle is better than Draymond Green okay not only that if it's gonna take a max to keep him give it to him I did see your tweet. I saw your tweet. I saw, I saw that. I did, I did tweet that one out to the to the world. But yes. then I tweeted, I mentioned somebody. Shout out Will Gatilla. Um, okay. So, a few things. Julius has been balling, and I really hope the Lakers can figure out a way to keep him on the team. Career high, 36 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists against the Cavs in front of LeBron on Sunday at Staples Center. Loved it. Loved every it. other person, and I usually hate these stats, but every other person except one who's done that is... A Hall of Famer, except the only person that hasn't is Pau Gasol, but he's okay. still playing. So and we'll, he, I yeah. love that pick. And at this very moment, you may be onto something. And I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I, I, Draymond is still a very talented player. He hasn't been needing to express his full capabilities because the team is just kind of coasting as they prepare for the playoffs. Julius though has been playing very well. I'm very happy with Julius, and this leads me to a take of my own about Julius. For all the Laker fans out there who have had, you know, things bad to say about Julius, that he turns the ball over, or he gets offensive fouls, or he's un out of control, I really don't care. Julius is a great player. 
And I, I would rather have an aggressive style player like him than a passive style player. Absolutely. And he's only going to get better with those things. And, like and he's going to start playing more in control. And he's, he's only gonna twenty three. Down. Exactly. People who are you know that those are the complaints about that's just nitpicking. Offensive yeah. fouls. You know who? What player in the league yeah. creates enough offensive fouls to really change the game that much? And I get that you can say that because he's too aggressive or whatever. He dribbles with his head down. Things that you you know tell children that certain sense, but he doesn't do that because it's obvious that. He knows where he's on in the basketball court at all times. He has the vision out there. The only thing I would say against it just is, is maybe the defensive side of the ball for Draymond. But everything else on offense, Julius is clearly a better player. Draymond, and we can talk about this, and we have talked what? about this so much. Draymond what, what defensively is, is very overrated. Okay, we, we can go into the deeper like skill sets of all the players. Yeah, like Draymond's, uh, it's, Draymond's a better defender. Like I don't think you can argue that. Uh, the shooting ability, I think Draymond, although he's not a very good shooter, is still a better outside shooter than Julius is. Julius, Julius doesn't shoot threes. I mean, I, I, but, but he knows he though. knows what he's doing. But I'm saying Draymond can hit you a few threes if you need him to. Julius, I'm not confident yeah, about hitting threes. But he's not going to take them. That's fair. But I'm saying that's like, oh well, Shaq was a terrible three point shooter. At the same time, you could also say that Draymond has the same frame as Julius could be doing the exact same thing, taking the ball to the basket. Obviously, the surrounding teammates make that a little different. And that's what I'm saying right now too. You put Draymond right now on this Lakers team. You switch those guys. Don't even talk about what Julius would do. What would Draymond be doing on this Lakers team? What he always does makes other teams better, improves the defensive team, defensive scheme of the entire team. I don't think it's too hot of a take. It's too hot of a take. I love Julius, but Draymond is still the better overall player. And I'd rather have Julius on a team. Uh, well, that's not what I just said. I just said right now, Julius. Okay. Julius is the better player right now. So what are you saying? Like this past week or like what? Like, at this it, moment in time. Okay, at this moment. Certainly since the All-Star break. And that's not even close. So if you're saying right now, if there's a trade that the Warriors offered Draymond for Julius, you would say no. Yes. Correct. Uh, I, I, would, I would still say yes. I'm sorry. That's, why, that's where I, we end. Yeah. I think I don't think I'm quite to where you are. I'm probably still on that side of it. But I do agree with you just that he needs to be on the team going forward. 100%. I, mean, no, I agree with that, yeah. too. I agree with that, too. I think that is and like, I, I really think if it takes one of those two max deals that we're supposed to have, yeah, and get do it. Five years max deal. The Kaminsky brothers put up a poll about this yesterday, which I thought was very interesting. They had like four different options, which basically were like, you know, I saw that. keep the entire youth, try and sign PG-13 or whatever, or like, you know, trade Julius or whatever for Anthony Davis. It's four very interesting options. We retweeted it. I think one of those fours is essentially what's going to happen to the Lakers. And I think my favorite option was either signing PG3 or LeBron, re-signing Randall, and keeping the entire core. And I just—that's what I want. I, I think I like that too. You know, uh, obviously the plan has been to go out and get those two max contracts. That's where they've put themselves as far as the situation goes. But things change, man. And if Julius is going to play to this capability, and Brandon's going to keep improving the way he has, don't need to go get a star when you already got two in the making on the team. Three, Lonzo. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think that we almost went without saying, but totally. As far as scores go, and that's the thing that they need. Like, there it is. I think these last 15 games or so are going to be very important to see how Julius either maintains this production or if it falls off or what he does and just yeah. to kind of see is he, a, is he a player that they want going forward. I think and, it's very important. Yeah, so. on top of that, you know, defenses are going to make him more of a focal point going forward, especially yeah. if Ingram's not in that game. He's going to have to make an adjustment and be able to be more of a facilitator. So I think going back to the dream argument, this will be a great chance to see that because he'll have to be a little bit more of a passer while still being able to get his buckets. Definitely. And that has been episode 56. We didn't mention it at the top, but we're saving the best for last, the Mike Fetters episode. Absolutely. You know, wow. We discussed Hung Chi Kuo, J.P. Howell, a classic Pooh Slinger who I always enjoy. Shout out to Pooh Slinger. Oh, wow. Mike Fetters, growing up watching that breath, 
And then the straight death stare into home plate. The head turn. Me and Nick used uh, to do this so much. I did a ton as a kid. Like, like a shout out St. Mark's Daycare. St. Mark's Daycare. Throwing the tennis ball against the wall. Beach wiffle ball. St. Mark's Daycare tennis balls. The Fetters head turn was a staple throughout it's our iconic. childhood. Yeah, it really is iconic in the sense of baseball. Mike Fetters just, and, and, and you know, mentioned in the last podcast too, talking about the bullpen cart, one of the last guys to use that. So we had to show a little love for Mike Fetters. And, you know, that breath, unforgotten. Possibly one of the best wind-up, uh, or so, you know, just presence on the mound in general that you could ask for. So thank you for that. Thank you for joining us for episode 56. You know, we got that March Madness tournament. We talked a bunch about it. Follow along. Go Duke. You got a chance to win. You got a chance to win some money. You got to beat us. Go Jackrabbits. It'll be very interesting. The ball is tipped. And there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you work.